All right, church, if I can please get you to stand for the reading of God's word. It will be found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. When you find it, please say amen. And it reads, Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we need your help this morning as we are preparing, Lord, to, to study. We are asking that you will speak to us. We need you, Lord God, to bring clarity, to bring wisdom, to bring understanding. Take my lips, my mind, and my heart. Use this vessel for your own glory. Father, we are desperate for a word from you this morning. And we want to be transformed. We want our lives, Lord God, to reflect the beauty and the glory of Christ. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Uh, you may be seated in his presence. <clears throat> Y'all must forgive me. I had this morning to go back out and get me another pair of glasses. I cannot hold on to reading glasses. And I, I absolutely refuse to get one of those little uh, uh, little straps where you kind of you know, let the glasses kind of hang down. I, I refuse to age that way, uh, you know. So uh, y'all got to pray for me. So these are not the same glasses, and I don't see exactly the same. It's amazing how that uh, things change over time. Amen. Well, we're going to be beginning a brand new series this morning entitled Healthy Church. How many of you want to be a part of a healthy church? Amen. How many of you know what a healthy church look like? We're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, first, I want to take a moment and, uh, and thank each and every one of you. I know we've kind of done it uh, for um, you guys were great guests last week. The Lord really blessed. I really thank everybody. All of you contributed, and, and some in big ways, some in small ways. Everybody contributed, and we, I just want to thank you from the depths of my heart. Uh, Pastor Tony is a dear friend of mine and who have an incredible gift of, uh, of being able to, uh, to strategize, to plan, and mobilize people. Uh, as he's had success of that in his life. And I brought him in uh, because he is gifted in that way and a gift to the body of Christ and really to help us as a people to understand what it's going to take in order to reach the next generation. Amen. We must be very, very serious about evangelism. A healthy church is concerned about people. Let me say that again because I, that was your opportunity to say Amen. A healthy church is concerned about people. Everything that we do, it is for to reach people. Look, church is not just about you having your favorite song, having your favorite program. Church, at the end of the day, it is about reaching and, and witnessing and, and changing lives that are around us. 
And we must be concerned about that. There must be a passion in our hearts. There must be a passion in our souls to reach the lost. It should, listen, we should come to a point that, that, that it bothers us, that, that we cry to know that people that we love may die and spend eternity away from Christ forever. You know, when people die without Christ, there is no turning back. A healthy church is concerned about people. We must never, ever forget it. No matter what we do, where we go, the, our interest is preaching the gospel because we believe that the gospel changed people's lives. Amen. How many of you say the gospel have changed you? Amen. I mean, Christ has changed you. He has given you hope. He has given you a life. He's given you a future. He has done some marvelous things in your life. I can look at you and tell. But the Bible also says that, that to whom much is given, much is what? Required. So then the message of this life that you received, you are called to go and to share it with others so that they might have the same joy you got. Amen? Amen. And we must never, ever be content with the status quo. Never. Until Christ comes back, we need to be people out there preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, loving people, inviting people, because everything that Jesus was about, he was about that. Make no mistake about it. He said the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So that's what he's all about. And if you're his kids, how many know that he expects you and I to do the same? Amen. That we need to be about the lost. And, you know, and God has been doing some incredible and amazing things in our church this year. For some of you who, who may not know, we had a rocky start this year. Amen? Some of you were here, some of you weren't. And, and uh, it's amazing what God does. And and whenever God begins to prepare a community, uh, whenever God wants to do anything great in your life, he normally takes you through a process of fire. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? See, a great marriage is not, a great marriage is just not a great marriage. Amen? Amen. A great marriage has to go through some things. Amen. You appreciate things a whole lot more when you have to struggle together. You have to go through some trials. See, the same thing with the church. You see, what God does in the people, we want to do something, what God wants to do something great, he brings along, he, 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 he brings together a group of people, and, 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 and he causes us to, to go through some bumps in the road. He causes us to go through some trials. If God's going to do something great in your life, you've got to understand that there's a process, and it's not all going to be good, but it's going to work for your good. See, you gotta, you got to realize that because sometimes when, when we go through it, when we go through a trial or difficulty or a hard time, the first thing that want to come to our mind is, well, maybe God ain't in this or maybe God ain't doing this. Or maybe. Let me tell you something. God is in it because he said in, somewhere I read he said he would never leave you nor forsake you. Am I right about it? So I know God is with me. I don't know about you. But I know, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what I'm experiencing. I know without a shot of a doubt that God is with me and that ultimately I'm winning. How many of you would agree with that? So God brought us through a series of trials and we come through this thing and, and uh, we, at the beginning of the year, we was kind of forced to, to leave the place that we were at and so we come here in this place and God provided. I mean, the same uh, week that we had to move, there was a place that was provided for us right here at the school. Some of you remember that, and God provided uh, us with sound system, and God provided us with chairs, and, and I remember the first service that we had uh, here at, 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 at this building that, that most everybody, everybody came, and, and I remember that that week, some of you know what I'm talking about, there was a sense of, I don't know what's going to happen. What, I mean, there was a sense of uncertainty, and and you know, and I was, just, and I remember sitting at home and thinking to myself, God, what are you going to do now? Through that process, I mean, God has given us an incredible year. Let me tell you something. Since we came here, we have had more visitors in the church than we've ever had. Amen. More people walk through. And watch this. And this year, we baptized quite a few people. Amen. We've seen some folk get saved. Amen. We've seen some people's lives get changed, and I'm looking at some of you right now, and God has been good. Amen. Even through all of that, I mean, we're talking about a healthy church now. We're talking about a healthy church. And so God bring us through that. And, and, and then, and, and not only that, I was checking this out uh, just the other day, and, and uh, just yesterday, matter of fact, and, and I noticed that, that, that we are on pace. We are on pace this year to give 
anywhere from ten dollars to $15,000 more than we gave last year. Amen. You ought to say amen. amen. And, that's, and that's not with everybody doing their part. To deal with that. Because how many know that when everybody does their part, we can do a lot. Amen. Everybody doing their part in order to make, and, and God has just been amazing. And, and you know, and we've hit some bumps in the road, right? Hit a couple bumps, you lose a couple of families here and there. Let me just say to you that that's par for the course. I've been doing church a long time. People come, people go. They come, they come and go for various reasons. I've resolved in my mind it's not my business to try to figure all that out. I've just decided I'm going to preach the gospel and do what God told me to do because one day I got to stand before him and you ain't going to be with me anyway. I can't call. I can't call Brother Jeff. I can't call Brother Caesar. Steve, y'all come with me. I got to go talk to God. No, 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 no. He's going to talk to me and he wants to know what did you do? How faithful were was you with what I gave you? Did you do what I told you to do in spite of what it looked like? How many know God reward faithfulness? And just because you got a bump in the road, and you know, we've seen some up, we seen some ups and we've seen some downs. And, and sometimes I look at people and then, oh man, what where, 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 where are the people at? And, and this and that. And, and, and you know, you have a tendency, if you're not careful, you start, you know, we start looking at each other. And the first, you know, the first thing y'all look at, you know, when, when things ain't going right at church, you know who y'all usually look at, right? You should be looking at Jesus, but a lot of times you don't. The first thing you do is come here, right? Oh, gotta be the pastor. He must be in some sin. He must not be praying. He must not be doing this. He must not be doing that. I will submit to you, let me, let me say this, that, that the process of growth, when God does what he does, understand something about God, and we sung about him earlier, that God sees the end and the beginning all at the same time. Amen. See, God, God, God doesn't think like you think. You ought to say, really, amen. God mind ain't messed up like your mind is messed up. God is not confused. You know, you listen to some people, but they talk, they make you think that God is, God ain't confused. God knows what he's doing. God understands the process. And, and, and so we, we stand and we say, yo, you know what? We want to reach people. And we talk about how that, and I remember that first Sunday that we were here and Sister April stood up back here and she was exhorting the people and encouraging the people. And people said, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah, you know, and, and people got excited. But, but, you know, but can you be excited when you're going through a season whereby you may not see everything you think you ought to see? Can you be excited when it don't look exactly the way you thought it would look? You see, all of us got expectations. And when people don't get their expectations, man, because you got to understand something. Here's the key. Realize this, that God don't act like you act. He don't think like you think. The Bible says, he says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Me and you, we don't think alike. So God thinks completely and totally different. Think about your life. How many of you had certain expectations, but they were not met the way you thought they would be? What do you do? Do you quit? Do you give up and say, well, you know, this ain't what I... Or do you say, you know what? I know that somehow that if I keep on walking this thing out, I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I know God is going to bless me. I know I'm coming out of this. And I, I, I said that to say, I want you to see the hand of God on the life of this church. Let me tell you something. This is an incredible church. Amen. I don't know. I said this is an incredible church. Amen. And you are an incredible people. Amen. And God is doing some amazing things. Amen. And the best is yet to come. The best, I'm telling you right now, for some of you, some of you, some of y'all, I know how some of y'all are, some of y'all are spectators. Because you're looking like, I don't know, yeah, let me, let me check and see. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But you know what, you better get in the game. Yes, sir. Because you want to, listen, you want to be there. You don't want to try to act like, you know how people do, they come, Johnny come lately. When God really moved, they come showing up like, I was, I was there in faith all along. I was there, you won't there in no faith. What I'm trying to show you is that the process of what God does, God takes you on a rocky road. And it's bumpy. How many of you like roller coasters? I hate them. I hate them. But you know, God is like a big roller coaster. And he'll put you on that roller coaster, boy, and he'll have you spin it up. And you don't, sometimes you can't figure it out. And that's where God wants you. And that's what drives you nuts, doesn't it? 
Because God just said, look, I want you to trust me. And, and God, I'm going to bless your church. And God was speaking to me about our church because I get expectations. And I, I, you know what I worry about more than anything else as a pastor? It's not so much what God's going to do, but whether or not his people are going to remain faithful while they're going through it. Because people, people, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by what? But that's not the way people act. <laughs> See? I believe that our God, God gave me a promise when we started this church. God gave me a promise. And, there, and I can tell you un, without a shot of a doubt that God is with us. That there have been some things that God, and, and I'm telling you, when, God first, when we first started, God gave me a vision for this church. I know what it's, I know what it's ultimately supposed to look like. Now, how many know we're not perfect? I always tell people, you find a perfect church, you better stay away from it because if you join it, you mess it up. There are no perfect churches. But God is looking for some faithful people who are willing to serve him. People who are willing to sacrifice in order to see somebody come out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now turn with me to Galatians 6, 9, if you will. Now, I just completely went all off of my outline, so I'm all over the place. But are y'all being blessed so far? Okay. Amen. And then watch this. How many know we can't be complacent? Amen. You, you know, sometimes it's so easy to get complacent. And it's, it's so easy to go through the motions. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and we got to be people. See, one of the things that you got to learn to do when you walk with God, you got to learn how to be consistent. Consistency. Say that word with me. Consistency. Say it again. Consistency. That is so important as it relates to anything that God wants to do in your life. Consistency. Y'all in Galatians 6, 9? Now, many of you know this. You love this. You know this passage of scripture. But I want to go ahead and I want you to put your eyes on it because I want you to see it. Now, watch. Galatians 6, 9. It says now, watch this. And let us not grow weary. And well-doing. Keep in mind, we're talking about a healthy church, right? A great church. Now watch this. And let us not grow weary in while we're doing good. Now why would you think the Apostle Paul would tell the church of Galatia that? He's, he's kind of like telegraphing something, isn't he? He said, look, don't get weary, which means that the journey going to be hard. Some of y'all don't like that. See, that, that's the kind of preaching you don't want to hear. I know. Stay with me. When he said, don't get weary, he's telling you something that sometimes you're going to feel like quitting and giving up. Sometimes you're going, to be, you're going to be sharing the gospel and witnessing to your uncle, your brother, your cousin, the people that you love. You're going to be sharing with them, and you're going to think to yourself every now and then, I ain't going to share. I'm done, I'm done with them. They ain't going to get it. Don't quit. Because I believe that long as his breath and bodies, God can move. He said, don't be, look, don't give up. Don't quit just because it gets hard. I use the analogy all the time when I work out. And, and people used to say to me, Pastor, how do you get them big muscles? I, you know, and they want to get them big muscles in a month. Man, you got to work at this even when you don't feel like it. You got to get up. You got to struggle. Somebody say struggle. He said, don't be weary in doing good. How many know that what we're doing at SCF is a good work? Because we're trying, how many of you want to, want to save lives? Amen. How many of you say that Lord has been, the Lord's been, the Lord used me, the Lord has blessed me right here at SCF? He said, now, if you know you're doing good, because we're trying to reach people. We're trying to promote the gospel of the kingdom, because at the end of the day, nothing else matters. I don't care. Listen to me. Listen to me. I love this. This is one of the parts when I say, Lord, I love being a pastor because I get an opportunity to talk and y'all got to sit and listen. Sort of. <laughs> but <laughs> nothing else in your life, watch this, nothing else at the end of the day, nothing else is going to really matter but what you did for Jesus. Amen. Do you hear me? Amen. All the stuff to do. Now, I'm not saying those things. We, we need balance. Everybody say balance. We have family, we have kids to take care of, we have our response. All of that's good. But at the end of the day, what's going to matter is what you did for Jesus. And if it's not built in faith and built on, on, on his values, built according to the way he wants it built, the Bible declares that it's going to be burned up. It ain't going to be no good. So everything, listen, your whole life is to be channeled into the kingdom. 
Everything you do at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it is to bring glory and honor to God. Amen. We want to honor God. That's what we're all about because nothing else really matters but what we do for Jesus. So how many know that souls are, is, dear, is dear to Jesus' heart? Now he says, now, don't be weary in well-doing. Watch this. For in due season, everybody say due season. He says you will reap if you don't faint. See, that due season thing, that means that for every seed that is planted, God has determined a timeline. Y'all didn't catch that. For every seed that God has established a timeline. Now, now here's the thing. Now, we, we had a season in our church, man, where, where, you know, where God was just doing some, some things and people were just coming and things. And then we just kind of went through a little season. Now we kind of things slowed up a little bit. And, and see, you must realize that we're at a point right now. So here's, here's what you got to understand. You can do one or two things in that kind of season. You can say, well, you know what? I'm just going to stop planting. I'm going to stop watering. How many know that no farmer, how many of you are country boys and women and ladies? Any got any in here? Oh, yeah, that's from North Carolina. There you go. I'm from the country. And, you know, I see them out there. When I grew up in the country, in the field, we get out there, we start planting some stuff. We plant and we, listen, and sometimes they plant and, and things, you, you know, sometimes it don't, you know, come out the way you want. But when you go and plant that seed, you expect the harvest. Every farmer, no farmer is a nut. No farmer goes out in the field, plows the field, do all that work, and then expect that I, I hope I get out. No, 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 no. They come up every year. They believe in God that they're going to get a harvest from their work. And yet they're sitting there looking at a bare ground. Oh, come on. They're, they're looking at a ground that is barren. But yet you still see them out there. And they got the big water holes and the big tractors and they're fertilizing. They're getting the soil right. Because some of them, how you know, sometimes you, you got to be careful where you sow too. That's a whole nother sermon. But here's the promise. He said that keep doing good. He says, now here's the promise that in due season, at the right time, when God gets ready, you are going to reap a harvest. How many know that everything that you are sowing and everything that you're doing for the kingdom of God, particularly in this church, trust me, you're going to reap a harvest. Amen. Amen. But the, it's conditional. If you faint not. That's when people start looking, right? And you know, people are fickle. Aren't y'all fickle? Y'all some fickle folk. We all are. I mean, we're stubborn in our own right. We, ain't, we lose patience sometimes. But he says, don't be weary in doing good because in due season, watch this, every one of these chairs is going to get filled. See, see, y'all, see, see, you, see, every time you see an empty chair, that represents, this is what you need to start thinking about. Every time there's an empty chair, it represents a soul that's potentially going to hell. That should be in that chair. You should recognize, because how many know hell is real? Jesus talked a whole lot about it. I don't care what they tell you on TV. Don't believe the hype. It's real. Ain't no turning back. He said, now in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. So I know then that even though sometimes I may not see exactly what it is, but I know if I keep sowing, if I keep watering, because God told me in his word, he said, and this is what the book says, you can, you can pray, it's promise. The book says, in due season, I'm going to reap if I faint not. If you're doing something good in your life, I don't care what it is, if you're doing something good and God is in it, let me tell you something, in due season, you're going to reap a harvest, but don't be a quitter. Look at the neighbor and say, don't quit. Don't be a quitter. Understand that in due season, we're going to reap. And do, let, let me tell you something. Some of you say, well, I, I, you know, the church is not what I want, and this is not that, that. They don't have this, and they don't have that. Let me tell you something. If, if the church don't have something that, that, that you want, ask yourself the question, what am I doing to supply it? Amen. That's right. What am I doing? Am I supplying? What am I doing in the process? Turn with me to... Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. I told you I'm all over the place. Y'all still with me? Y'all you know, keep saying amen. That helps me. 
That helps me. I'm telling you, it helps me when I preach. Y'all don't say amen. I don't preach as good. I'm telling you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. You get there, say amen. amen. All right, you ready? You got your iPhones, your iPads, your Androids, and all of that? Or just your Bible. Oh, just your Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. You just got your Bible. Amen. Amen. Now, watch this. Now, he said, watch. Now, he's, he, he himself, and look at verse number 11. Ephesians chapter 4. And he himself gave some to be what? Apostles. Some what? Some what? And some what? And some what? For the what? All right. So so understand that. Now, now I, I got to get you in the right frame of mind. You still with me? Say amen. amen. How many of you believe the Bible? Amen. How many of you want to be obedient to what God said? Oh, you know I'm setting you up. Do you know that, don't you? All right. Y'all believe this book, right? Yep. All right, now, he says, now, he gave all of these gifts, pastors, prophets, teachers. You know, my job mainly as a pastor is to train and equip you for what? Look at the book. Work of the ministry. Work of the ministry. Whoa, 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 pastor, work. Work. Hold up. <laughs> you got to understand something. I live a very complicated life. I don't have time. To serve God. I got other things that are a little bit more important. You know, here's one of the things I've learned. Can we be honest? Can we really talk this morning? We all do what we want to do. Isn't that right about it? Everybody in here, you do what you want. We have a priority list. I hope and pray that high on your priority list is serving the interests of the kingdom of God. Because you are deceiving yourself if it's not. Now watch. He gave, he gave all these gifts, not so that everybody, watch this, not so that we can all sit in the pews and look at the pastor and get a good word and hopefully you have a better week this week. That's part of it. But you know that's not what it's all about. Amen. For the work. How many know ministry is work? You got to work to reach souls. You got to get out there, man. You got to bust. You got to, sometimes you got to knock on some doors. Sometimes you got to be willing for people to look at you and say, you crazy. Paul said, I'll be a fool for Jesus. Are there any fools for Jesus in the house? Paul said, what? Paul said, I'll be a fool for Jesus. That's why I like, well, y'all ever ever been around Sister April when she get out in public? April. (laughs) April, man, April, I'm telling you, April will humble. April will be like, wow, man, April, you don't do that. April, she'll just tell people straight up. She and I mean, I'm telling you, the woman don't care. Because when you're dead, you don't care. Y'all hear me? When you're dead to yourself, all you think about, all you care about is the interest of the kingdom, and you don't let anything get in the way. Your fear, your doubt, your unbelief, your inconsistency, you let all that go because I'm on a mission from God. See, people that let fear control them, I tell them all the time, they don't believe me. I say, you stuck on yourself. Stop thinking about you. You ain't that important. You're important, but you're not that important. Look at the name and say, get off yourself. I'll tell you something. I learned how to stand up here and talk in front of people because I just realized I don't count all that much. I ain't, I ain't that important. I only got, listen, I'm in the third quarter. I don't know about some of you, you know. And I don't even know that for sure. I want my life to count. Amen. I, listen, I don't have time to be playing church. Amen. I don't have time. Listen. I don't have time to be going through the motion. I can listen. I ain't coming up here sweating hours in the work, going through all this just because because I'm bored and got nothing to do. I'm trying to change a generation. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win. So I'm, I'm trying to advance the kingdom. Come on, somebody, help me preach in here. Am I right about it? Watch. For the equipment of the same, for the work of men, until we all come into the unity of the faith. I mean, know we're better together than we are apart. We need to stop talking about each other. I don't like this about that one. I don't like this. Shut up. God knew all you were, all of you are different. How many know the kingdom of God is what? Different. You ain't going to go to heaven. They're going to be all black. They're going to be all white. Ain't going to be none of that. 
If you like country, you're going to have them country. Bluegrass, country, you have all, everybody, you're going to have everybody in there. Everybody. See, heaven, heaven is a place where, where, where it won't matter all that stuff we fuss about in church. You know all that stuff we get all hung up on? I get, I get so mad at people sometimes in the spirit because we major on the, minor, on the minors. We don't understand that it's about souls, people. It's about lives. I tell you, when I came to Jesus, my life has, I'm telling you, I have a great life. I love my life. I love my life. I ain't going back. I love walking with you. I mean, there is nothing more precious to me than my life with Jesus. I'm telling you, I've been transformed. I've been I love it. And I don't apologize for being excited about it. I love it. And there's something in me that says, I want you to have it too. I, I want you to experience this thing. And so how I many know it takes work? Well, you know, can we be practical this morning? Well, you know what? Well, I don't know. You know, somebody needs some help. So, oh, Saturday, uh, I don't know if I can show up at that thing. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, just let me help you. Listen, we're all busy and got things to do. Everybody in here. Amen. But here's what I'm trying to say. Everything that we do, it's because we are trying. And if it don't, if it, it, and listen, and if it's not, then we need to fix it. But what we do is to advance the kingdom of God. See, you are supposed to, see, the mandate in Matthew 28 is not just for the pastor. That's right. It ain't just for the few. I, one of the things I like about the church is we got a lot of people, y'all some servants. I mean, it's amazing. Y'all get, I mean, am I right about it? I mean, you got some, we got some people in this church. They just, they just, man, they just serve. I don't even ask them stuff. They just, man, they just serve. That's right. And, you, you know, and you ought to get convicted when you stand around. You watch everybody else serve and you ain't. I want, that's the way it should be in the church. You feel bad. Get up. Get involved. Hallelujah. <laughs> and get involved in what God is doing. I mean, no, we gonna, we gonna, if we're going to win souls, everybody got to do their part. We're going to get to that in a second. I told you, I'm coming right to you. I'm coming at you. I'm going to come right to you, Pew. You ready? Watch. Hold tight. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of God and the Son of God, to a perfect man. Everybody say perfect. perfect. That simply means mature. God wants you to be mature. And you know, when you grow up in God, you start witnessing. Mature people preach the gospel. Mature people, mature people share the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. Mature people ain't scared to talk about Jesus. I said mature people ain't scared to talk about Jesus. <laughs> well, then I might lose my job. Who gave it to you? Really? I mean, really? You're going to be hijacked because somebody's going to threaten you? They're going to take your promotion? Promotion comes not from the east or the west. Promotion comes from God. I just need to make sure I'm pleasing God. I ain't worried about you. I respect you. I, you're my boss, but... <laughs> Just like Jesus told, who was it, uh, Pilate? He said, you got no power with me. Don't be tripping. <laughs> Pilate, you think, Pilate, you know, what he said, well, you know, don't you not know I can, I have the power to crucify you? And Jesus was silent the whole time until he said that. <laughs> and, and, and Jesus said, oh, oh, wait a minute. He said, you ain't, got, <laughs> you ain't got no power over me unless it was given you from above. And then Jesus humbled himself again. Well, he was always humble, but, you know, he, he let it go. He had to straighten him out. Because all power comes from him. See, the Bible says that Jesus kept entrusting himself to God. You, you got to entrust yourself to God, even though everything around you seems contrary. Now, watch this. Everybody say mature. mature. Now, look at verse number 15. But speaking the truth in love, how I many know the Christian ought to tell what? Tell the what? The truth? Mm -hmm. may grow up in all I say grow up. grow up grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ watch this now here, 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 I told you I was, I was coming right to you now, how, many, how many like the word y'all still love the word right Amen. you know pastor don't say nothing unless it comes from the word y'all ready from whom the whole body joined and what knit together by that by what some joint supplies 
a couple joint supplies. Ain't that something? The body is knitted together, watch this, by that which every joint supplies. Think about it this way. God has designed the body of Christ so that everybody is supposed to do their part. Now, why did God do it that way? First of all, so that no man can glory in himself. Right? Because right? God going to keep us humble. Because he did it to Paul. Paul saw a whole lot of revelation. God said he gave him a buffet, a messenger of Satan. To keep Paul. Paul's the Lord. I, I got a thorn in the flesh. I want to, Lord, heal me. Lord said, no, 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 no. My grace is sufficient. Because Paul saw so much revelation, God had to keep the boy down. Now, watch. So the body grows by that which every joint is supplying. So that means that everybody has a part to play. If you come to this church, a part of this church, then you're supposed to, here's the question you need to be asking. What can I do to further and advance the interests of the kingdom of God in this house? I mean, you're here, right? God brought you here. You're receiving something, so you should be saying, how can I? Listen, I, I don't understand this generation of people. I, I, this generation of people want all the benefits, but they don't want to put in the work. Mm, oh, I want a big church. I want to get, you know, how many of you want to see some musicians back here? Amen. Come on. Some, Amen. I mean, you know, you, 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 you want to see us full-time staff. You want to see us bringing high. I mean, how many of you know it takes resources? And watch. And, and people, and, and it takes sacrifice. And a lot of people, oh, I want this. I want that. But they say, brother, can you help? No, I can't do that. Well, I'm going to go find me another church. That's what they do. They go find a church that got what they want because we have a consumer mentality. Give me what I want. It's about me. It's all about me. Jesus and all this is for me, for my glory. It ain't about you like that. You follow what I'm saying? If God has you here and there's a need, won't you just step up and say, Lord, I am ready. I am here and I can do that. I don't, you, listen, you don't have to wait for nobody to tell you to pick up a piece of paper off the floor. Amen. Oh, somebody spilled a drink on the floor. Whoops, ain't my problem. I'm out of here. Don't we do it? I know y'all, I ain't getting too many amens right now. But, 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 but watch, here's what I'm trying to say. The whole, the church grows by that which every joint supplies. So if you ain't supplying, if you got a gift and you got a talent, and you better not let me find out that you can, anybody can play the piano in here, I'm going to get you. And April, April, April got my back on that. Because, watch this, watch this, because you are supposed to be, what, what gifts and talents do you have? You know your gifts and your talents are supposed to be used first and foremost to serve the body. To serve the body. We'll go out in the world and we'll give more service to the stuff out there and come to the house of God and we ain't got, no money, we ain't got much left. I mean, you know that if the kingdom of God is going to grow, everybody has to do their part and watch this, watch this, it's going to call for some sacrifice. Romans 12, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice, holding acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service. In other words, he said reasonable service. That's another way of saying ain't none, that's what you're supposed to be doing. So don't be trying to get kudos for what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> don't be praising God. I think, no, you're supposed to be serving, brother. What, what, what you want? Well, you know, I just did this today. Okay, good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Go on. Do something else for Jesus. <laughs> so, so, then, so then if you have a gift and God has gifted you, God, everybody here got a gift. Everybody, God don't save you and just leave. No, God save you, he give you a future, he give you a hope, and he gives you a gift. And some of you got four, five, six of them. And you're sitting on them. But we're going to change that, Amen. Get up off them gifts. Give it up in Jesus' name. Because the Lord hath need of you. The Lord hath need of you. The Lord hath need of your gifts and your talents because he gave them to you so that you can advance the cause of Christ. That's why you're gifted. 
That's why you're anointed. You're anointed to serve. You're anointed to give your life. You're anointed to sacrifice. But the rewards are so much better. They are eternal. I I mean, you would say you serve God and you love it. You've seen the benefits. I mean, some of you, some of y'all, and I see some of y'all come here, y'all serve, y'all love God, you know, and and it's amazing. And I'm telling you, God is going to reward you for it. God is going to not only reward the church, but God is going to reward you because of your faithfulness. But but listen, you got you to do your part. Everybody say, do your part. Do your part. Okay. All right. All right. So now let's keep going. And we're almost done. So a church grows by that which every joint supplies. Everybody say every joint. joint. Got to be supplying. Say it. Got to be supplying. Every joint. Every person. person. Got to supply. For the glory of God. You heard us. You heard us say it. When you don't share your gift. Get busy. Look at your neighbor and tell him, get busy. Amen. Now look at, turn with me to Luke chapter 14. I think that's our, that's our main verse. Amen. Because you know what? Because we don't want people getting burned out. You know why we have burnout sometimes in the church? Because everybody ain't doing their part. And people get tired. They get burned out. I ain't got no more left. Come on, somebody. It, 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 can, can we be, I mean, it ain't supposed to be like that in the church. We are examples. Jesus said that I'm your master and your Lord. Amen. And I can get down and wash your feet. You ought to do it to one another. Amen. If Jesus can come down out of heaven and sacrifice and do what he did, and he's master and Lord. He said, yeah, I'm your master and Lord, but watch what I do, and I want you to do it toward one another. Amen. How many of you ready for everyone in these chairs to be filled? Amen. Let me tell you something. I'm going to show you something in a minute, and you're going to be convicted, but I hope that the evidence of your conviction is that you get busy. You know, I, don't average, I think sometimes we average anywhere between 30 and 40, 45 people on Sunday. If everybody brought one person Every seat in here would be filled. One family. One person. Well, they ain't a, that's, that's the pastor's job to bring somebody. Well, they just said in Ephesians chapter 4 that he's given the pastors and teachers and all that and prophets and evangelists for the equipment of the saints, for the work. So you, you, now I do the work, but that's not my primary job. My job is to teach and equip you so that we can work. Amen. Everybody got to work. Everybody got to work. And listen, you don't stop. Look, it, it, ain't no, it ain't see. We all work until Christ come back. I never have been a part of a church that I just walk in and walk out. I've never done that. I, I can't, my heart won't, I can't do that. Because God would be smacking me. I don't know how some people do it. I'm just being honest. I mean, I get halfway down the road, man. I had to turn around and come back. Let me, let me go back. Figure out something. I got it. Because I, 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 it's just in me. Now watch. Look at... Uh, Y'all in uh, Luke chapter 14? Amen. All right, we're we are almost done. All right, watch this. It says now. Look at verse number 15. Now, when those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Now, watch. Jesus is about to give a parable here, too. This is really a parable of evangelism. He's talking about now. Now, understand something, because we're going to touch on some things that you deal with. But I want you to see in golf terms that it's par for the course. There are some things that happen, and it ain't because you're bad. It ain't because you don't know how to talk to people. It ain't because you're not gifted and you're not anointed. Just let me know that as it gets closer to Christ's return, it's going to be more difficult for people. It's going to be more difficult in order to win people to Jesus. You know that, right? Because you're fighting against a system of evil. You fight them against demons. And, and, and how do we know that he has ratcheted it up? Amen. But we just got to be determined that we're going to win. We're going we're gonna to reach people for Jesus. We ain't going to sit by. I am not going to sit by and watch and look and, and praise God and worship God. And, and then out there, people dying all around me. I can't do it. You can't do it. You're better than that. We're better than that. We're called to something greater than that. We are called to, we are called to reach the lost. And you know, it's funny because sometimes, you know, when you preach evangelism, sometimes people don't get as excited. Mm. We should be more excited when it comes down to preaching and learning about reaching people for Jesus. Because that's what, that's what this, everything, what we do is all about. Now watch this. It says, now, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. 
How many know there are going to be times if you're really preaching the gospel, you'll invite many? And, you know, many of them won't show up. But at least you got to be doing it. <laughs> right? We have to be inviting many. Now watch. And his servant at supper, uh, at supper time, I'm sorry, and, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. All right? Now I want you to see the picture here. But they all with one accord, <laughs> watch this, begin to make what? And it interesting said, all with one accord, all with one accord, they begin to make excuses. Well, you know, got to watch the game Sunday. Oh, you know, I got I to gotta do this. I got to do that. Now watch. The first said to them, I have brought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have brought five yoke of oxen and, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I can't come. So that servant came, watch this, and reported these things to his master. Now watch. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly, watch this, into the what? And where? And bring in here the who? And what? And what? And what? Now, why would he have to say that? Because, see, what happens is we all go and share with people that we're comfortable with. Am I right about it? We all have in our mind what the church is supposed to look like and what kind of people are supposed to be in there. So he had to go back and tell him, so look, so look. So he went back and said, look, I invited the people, but they ain't coming. They're not coming. And he says, now, well, then do what? Do this. Go invite the poor, the main. Watch this. They're the ones, if you look at that group, they're the ones that nobody like, that everybody looked down on. They, okay, let me, let me put it in today's terms. There are people who are in debt. There are people who are broke. There are people who are in and out of jail. All right? There are people out selling drugs in bad neighborhoods. Now, I really just stepped on some of your toes. There are people, watch this, that everybody looked down upon. He says, go and get them. Don't just come back and sit and say, well, I invited them. How many know that we got to be a tenacious people, right? We just can't sit and say, well, I invited people to come, but they ain't come. So what are you going to do? Are we just going to say, uh, I'm not going? It? No, 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 no. No, no, we ain't going to stop. We're going to keep casting the net, Amen. The reason why sometimes we're not successful in winning souls is because, how many of you are fishermen in here? Any fishermen in the house? You fish, fishermen, fisherwomen? Yeah. A good fisherman would tell you, when you're fishing, you want to put the bait where the fish are biting. There's a lot of, a lot of us been casting that certain place, the fish ain't biting there. So God is saying, go in your uncomfortable places. He's like, I can't, I can't do that, God. That's for somebody else. That's for Brother Jeff. He grew up in Detroit, not me. <laughs> Brother Jeff, he go in the hood. I ain't going in the hood. <laughs> he grew up in Baltimore. It, that, you know, I, you know, that's that brother. Let, 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 let him go. He, he, he's a Baltimore. I ain't going up in there. I'm just being real. That's how we think. I ain't going up in that. No, no, man, they ain't going to get killed. <laughs> then, then, then why are you here? If, 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 if Jesus is your master, I mean, no, Jesus went to the poor. He went to the rejected. He went to the dejected. Because they were the only one that would receive him. The folk that had money thought they had it all together. They didn't want to have nothing to do with him. But you remember that rich young ruler? What did he do? He said, uh -huh. Jesus, sell everything you got. Give it to the poor and come follow me. So nope. He walked away in tears. I ain't giving up my money. So then we have to be tenacious. Now watch. Now watch this. He says, go in the lanes of the city. Go uh, reach the what? The main and the lane. I mean, this, this ain't a pretty picture, is it? This ain't what you think church is, isn't it? When you come to church, you, you, want to, you, know, you don't think to see everybody coming in like that. Because some of us would be like.
I'm just saying. We got to get to a point that we got to look at every soul is valuable to God. I don't care what your political views are. Your politics ain't got nothing to do with the kingdom. Whether you're Democrat or Republican. I know some folk that are Republican that will never share the gospel with a liberal and vice versa. I heard somebody in my office one time who proclaims to a Christian, all liberals are the devil, I can't stand them. I'm saying, what? If you, if, then stop talking about Jesus and get up. What are you talking about? I mean, this gospel is for everybody. Amen. And the beauty of what we do is that God can bring people out of ashes and set them on a solid ground and, and, and give them a future and a hope. And he takes people who have been in crack and living in, in dog houses and he can raise them up Amen. and give them life. That's the kind of God that we serve. Watch. But look at verse number 22. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. And it's interesting that he went, he went to the maimed, to the sick, the lame. He went to all of them, and they started coming. They got some of them. But he said, but Master, um, there's still some room. What did the Master tell him to do? Read your Bible. What did he tell him to do? He sent them back out. He said, no, 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 don't be complacent. You remember I said we talked about complacent? Listen, don't be complacent. Look at here. I want you to see it. Don't be complacent. Watch. He said, then the master said in verse 23, the master said to the servant, go out into the highways, hedges, and compel them to come that my house may be what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, any question on what kind of house God wants? God wanted his house filled. Amen. The Bible says in Acts that when Peter preached, it said 3,000 souls got saved. That meant that somebody was counting numbers. <laughs> numbers is not all things, but numbers matter. You follow me? Amen. And so then it is incumbent upon everybody, watch this, everybody who's a part to say, you know what, I'm going to bring somebody, some folk, See, you're here today because me and my wife, we stepped out in faith. And my wife let me hear it sometimes too, hallelujah. And said, we're going to plant a church. You ain't, you ain't did nothing until you do what we, until you do that, plant a church, try to do that. You'll find out how spiritual you really are. Boy, but some things happen, man, I'm telling you. But you're here because somebody, we stepped out in faith. Some of you, are, you, you're here today because somebody shared, somebody taught, somebody told you, somebody said, let's come. Somebody did something. Then you go do likewise. That his house might be filled. It should be a point. I want y'all to see this. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. See, I wanted to be to a point that we got all this place filled. I, I believe that. That I got to stand up here because there's no room on the floor. Amen. I want you to see it. Then I look good up here. I need to be preaching from here. Now, do you believe it can happen? Amen. It can happen, but you got to be willing to put in the work. You got to be willing to go after. You see, in closing, look at Luke. I think it's Luke chapter. What am I? Luke chapter ten. Go to Luke chapter ten. In closing, y'all see it with me. Now watch this, Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Let's read that together. You got, it on, you got it for the screen? Everybody look at the screen and read it. You ready? Go. Did you see that? He said the harvest is plentiful. So it ain't a har the church it ain't a harvest problem that we're dealing with. What are we dealing with? He says, he, Jesus said, look, he told the disciples, he said, pray to your daddy. Pray to God that he sends some laborers. How many know I pray all the time for laborers? And we should be praying, but we should be working. The problem is, look, he said the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. 
There are not many people that are willing to put in the commitment that it takes to win souls. And how many know it takes a commitment? And, and you got to be serious about it. You got to get up thinking about it every day. When you come to church on Sunday, don't just come. Tell somebody, say, I'm going to make it my agenda that I'm going to, because you want to expose them to good preaching. Amen? Amen. You want to expose them to good worship. You want to expose them to good fellowship. Amen? You want to expose them to life. I can't do it by myself. That's right. We got to do it together. Amen. We, everybody say we. we. We have to be willing to reach out and say, a brother, sister, I love you. Come see a man that, like the woman said, the woman that's Samaritan, come meet a man that told me everything that I ever did. And, 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 and you know what? That woman, that was in, I think that was in John. You can just write it down. But that was in John, and we're done. That was in John chapter 24. I'm sorry, John chapter 4, verses 27 through 39. This woman, she just went out, and all she did was, somebody said, well, you know, you got to go to, you don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to know all this stuff. This woman just, look, Jesus prophet spoke to her prophetically. How many know that God will use you? God will put a prophetic word in your mouth. Amen. If you want to know what prophecy, how prophecy really works, look at what Jesus did to the woman at Samaria. He told her all about, she said, Jesus, you got five husbands. And the one you got now ain't really your husband. She said, oh, you must be prophet. You must be a prophet. And, and, and that woman, look, that woman said, whoa. And she ran and went out into the city. She didn't go and say, well, let me get my seminary. Let me get my, let me get my book. Let me go back to the pastor. Bed. Somebody help. No, no. She just went and gave her a testimony. Come see a man that told me everything that I ever did. And the Bible said many in that city, they got saved because of the woman's testimony. That's right. Who was that testimony? Come meet a man. Come meet a man that told me. Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't know all the scripture, okay? You know, we have cards on that table. And sometimes I'll watch people walk by it every week. Everybody should be grabbing cards and be grabbing stuff and handing them out. How many of you want to see your church grow? You want to see this place filled. You want to see, your goal is, I need to be up there. That's your goal. But we can't do it. Listen, we can do it together. Amen? Amen. And, and in so doing, we say, listen, we get many people. And this is, and this is my heart. That we, we talk about things that we need to do. We got to get a bus ministry. Amen? Amen? We want to get a bus, be put Foundation Christian Fellowship slot right up on the bus and go in these neighborhoods and pick them and bring them to church. Amen. Jesus, go into the highways. Go do whatever. Go. We want to have a training center, a learning center, where we're equipping, training our many, a, a, a Bible school. We need to hire a full-time staff. We need to get a mission. We got so much to do. But look, I need you to do, I need you to do a couple of things. Keep sowing. And if you're not tithing, be a tither. Amen. Be a tither because it blesses the ministry and it enables us to reach more people. We want to have a radio TV ministry. Amen? Amen. Your pastor don't look too bad. He can be on TV. Make you look good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's just a joke. But, no, it's not a joke in the sense that we want to do that. Amen. I intend to write a book. Amen. And you're going to be in the book. Now, you're saying, well, I, I'm telling you, that's why I am. That's why I don't have much time for nothing else. But I need you, listen, I need you to stand with us. If this is your church and you love this church, then say, look, no, pastor, we're going to do, do this together. We are going to do, we, like last week, I was so excited because all y'all stayed back. And I was so happy for all the ladies and who cooked and did all stuff and, and did all that work back because everybody was staying back and, and ate. And I said, man, that's good because I was afraid for a minute. I said, man, I hope them people don't just come and run out the door. Please, God. Because you never know how you dis, how you discourage people when you don't step up. You see, when you don't show up, you know it's a discouragement to not just, it ain't just you got to always think it's not just about you. That's right. That's right. Sometimes you need to come to church to be an encouragement to somebody else. Sometimes you need to come to Bible study. Well, I know all that stuff in the Bible. It ain't just about what, everything you know. You need to be a blessing to somebody else. Come to Bible study. Somebody, you got to have a word. I may not have it, but you might. With your holy self. That know all the word. Come to Bible study. Help teach. Help train. Help talk to these people that's coming. Do something. That's good. That's right. Don't be. Come to, come to Bible study. To 
learn about God and be an encouragement to somebody else. I see people sometimes come in, they sit in the Bible, they're like, where are the people at? They're nobody. We are together. We're family. We're in this together. And we're going to grow this thing together, and we're going to change the world together. And this church is going to be, it's going to, God's going to drop a bomb on this church. I believe that. Do y'all believe? I mean, God is going to blow this up. And it, it's because we're faithful. Amen. Ain't because we're cute. It's because we're faithful. Amen. But everybody got to do their part. And some of you, you've been working. You've been doing a great job. God bless you. Keep working. Keep serving. God's going to reward you. I don't, have a, I don't have that kind of money. I can't bless you like that. But God, you want him to bless you. Amen. That's why you serve. That's why you do what you do. You want God to God. So keep serving. Keep doing what you're doing. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you're here this morning and, and, and you have not given your life to Jesus, none of this really matters a whole lot to you. You don't even understand this. Jesus died that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And we never want to close the service without giving people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. You say, Pastor, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saved. I don't know today. If I die today, I don't know where I end up. The Bible says that it's appointed on the man once to die, and then after death comes judgment. And Jesus died so that nobody would have to die and go to hell. You can't come back from that. If you're here this morning, and you know in your heart that you're not right with God, that you haven't given your life to Jesus. I, I beg you, I plead with you. Jesus loves you so much. Will you please give him your life today? Please. Please. I want to live with you forever in the kingdom of God. You, you say, Pastor, I, I don't know him. If that's you this morning, I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care. Just slip your hand up and say, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus today. I'm ready to make that decision. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to give it over to him. I'm not going to live for myself no more. I'm going to live for Jesus. Is there one this morning that would say, I need to give my life to Jesus? Don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts. This is between you and him. If he's speaking to you, don't resist his voice, the scripture says. Don't resist his voice. Don't resist his voice. That's you this morning. You hear the voice of God. You hear him telling you. Then give your life to him. Give your life to him today. Slip your hand and we want to pray with you. Not going to embarrass you. We're going to love you into the kingdom. Is there one this morning that will say that? Is there one? You don't know how much time you have. Today could be the last day of your life. It could be. You want to make a choice right now. Now is your opportunity. Jesus is talking. Jesus is talking. Jesus. And maybe you're here this morning. I'm talking to the saints now. And you got convicted this morning because you haven't you haven't had the right attitude. You haven't done what God has told you to do. And you sense this morning. You heard something this morning. And you know you need to change. That's what this is. That's what the altar is for. Altar means change. Altar means you raise your hand. It is your confession to God. You're being honest to God. That God, I need to step up. I need to stop complaining. I need to get off the sideline. I need to get involved. If that's you this morning and the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, slip your hand up. Not to me, but to God. Amen. I see that hand. Is there another? Say, I need to serve. I need, I, need, I need to get involved. I need to develop a great attitude. I need to do more. If that's you, slip your hand up. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for those that are honest in their hearts with you. I thank you, Lord God, for the sister that raised her hand in faith. I pray, Lord, because of her confession to you 
that you would bless her with a double portion of your anointing, that she would be a gifted and anointed servant, and that because of her faithfulness, she will bring forth much fruit. And Father, I thank you for those who are here, who serve day in and day out, and they love the church, and they love the kingdom, and, and they're all about seeing lives change. I thank you for these precious people. Father, I'm asking you to bless us with saved souls in the house. Bless us, Lord, with chairs being filled with people who have experienced this wonderful life. Father, bless us with souls. Please, Lord, and we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, stand to your feet and give God praise. Come on. Listen. I said earlier, you guys are great people. You're an awesome people. How many people did Jesus turn the world upside down with? How many people we got in here? Do you think we have a little bit more than 12? Jesus did it with 12 people. What can we do together as a team, as a family? We can do this. Look at the neighbor and say, we can do this. We can do it. We can win some souls. We can change the world. We can get Stafford. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. We can fill this place up. We can do it. We, W-E, big W, we can do it.